0: Come on, North Central. You guys feeling good? Hey, it's a Tuesday morning, but we can still karate kick in worship. And if you haven't done that yet, I encourage you to try it sometime. You'll feel the Lord's joy. I, You know, it's it, I, for real though, I love you guys. It's fun to be here, especially because I know what this city is has has gone through over the last couple of years. And it's meant so much to me to have a bunch of hardcores right here in downtown shining that light because Lord knows, right? We need, in dark times, we need light. And I, I want to encourage you, there's a lot of people out there who are this close to the kingdom. They just, they just need someone to harvest them. And, uh, and I say that because I was one of those people. I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, my dad was a professor and uh, very much not into Christianity. And it was, it was one of those things where uh, God was always kind of this weird thing that uh, some strange people did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I did not grow up with any sort of understanding of God. In fact, I I gave my life to Christ in a nightclub of all places, uh, I'll which I'll, I'll quick tell it to you because uh, in case you haven't heard it, I I the super quick version was as I was depressed out of my mind, I had a Christian friend who was witnessing to me all the time, like, Pete, you got to try Jesus. You got to try Jesus. And I was like, no way. That's for people that love either boredom or meanness, you know what I'm saying. Like in my mind, I'm just being honest with you, uh, and uh, and yet life has a way of leading you to God, doesn't it? My good friend died in a car accident, and then my girlfriend, who's now my wife, sitting on the front row, my bride here. We had just we had just started dating, and she found her father's body after he had committed suicide, and it was terrible. Two funerals in a week and I was depressed out of my mind, and uh, I was a turntablist. I was an electronic dance music turntablist who did progressive house music. Uh, If you don't know what that is, it's okay. Uh, But I, I would tour through nightclubs, and I was working in a nightclub that weekend just depressed. I was looking down on the dance floor. Everybody's drunk, stoned. I'm like, I hate this. What are we doing? This is the... We're pretending to have fun. We're pretending to have joy. I, I, in that moment, I just felt this disgust for life. And all of a sudden, the thought occurred to me from my that the thing that my Christian friend had told me, Peter, ask God to reveal himself to you. And I thought, you know what? Why not? Okay, I'll do it. I remember stepping back from my turntable like, God, whoever you are, I didn't even know how to pray. I didn't even know where to look. I figured not down, but maybe up. I, I that it was just a guess. I was like, God, whoever you are, whatever you are, if, if you created the universe, then you should be powerful enough to show me what religion is the right religion. Just like give me a miracle, show me a sign, lightning bolts across the sky, spelling it out, right? Islam, Buddhism, none of the above, right? Just make it clear. I figured why not? And I remember when I finished the prayer, I didn't even know how to finish it. So I I was like, because I'm not really a believer, so I didn't know how to, you know, in Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, like I I literally was like, and done. You know, like that was like my end of the prayer. And I remember kind of snapping out of it like, bro, you must really be depressed. You're praying in the nightclub. You know, it's probably like 1230 in the morning, right? And I, I thought, I need a smoke break. So, I handed the turntables off to my assistant. I'm walking down the stairs, crossing out of the nightclub, and a guy comes walking up to me, taps me on the arm, and says, dude, I know this is weird, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that Jesus has a plan for your life, and he wants you to follow him. Okay. I didn't clap when he said those words. I got scared. I was freaked out. I, I literally grabbed him, and I go, what did you just say? And, and he goes, uh, Jesus has a plan for your life, and he wants you to follow him. Of course, he had no idea that I had just prayed a prayer 30 seconds earlier. I'm freaking out. I'm sweating from every pore of my body. And, and I go, I go, well, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And, and I, I said it kind of threatening, like, tell me what to do, Jesus boy, like I was mocking him. But, but he had no idea. I was scared because I thought, oh no, I have to do whatever he says because God just showed himself to me in my nightclub. This is the sign. And so he gave me uh, this awkward repent of your sins and uh, give your life to Jesus speech. And I was like, okay. And then he was almost like, what do you mean okay? I'm like, okay, let's do it. And he was like, like it shouldn't be this easy, right? And, uh, and so then I'm like, yeah, what do we have to do? And then he grabbed me by the hands and pulled me into a nearby booth, and I repeated an old-school repentance prayer, and that was it. I went for Jesus after that, devoted my life to God, devoted my life to ministry, weirded out my dad he had no idea <laughs> like my son suddenly you know like he's a Christian now you see I I say that because I I just there's a world out there of people that that would be willing to accept Christ if we were just bold enough to share it you know what I'm saying I think a lot of us were a little too scared about it but we don't realize it's fruit waiting to fall off the tree and, uh, and then, what's even crazier, a couple of years ago, so I became a pastor, planted a church called Substance uh, with the hope of reaching more people like myself. And, uh, and then, after all these years of pastoring, the Lord started calling me to go back into nightclubs again. I, I started producing electronic dance music again um, and doing remixes for different people So because my background is music producing, obviously, and... Uh, uh, and so the Lord was like, I want you to start producing again. So we did a mainstream uh, electronic dance music project, kind of like similar to like Zett or Calvin Harris. And uh, we released the album a couple years ago. It went all the way up to number eight on the mainstream charts. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, I find myself back in this world of, of oh, wow, pastoring and and nightclubs, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't escape. I can't escape. No, but I, I thought, just in case you haven't seen any of our stuff, I thought it'd be fun just to, sh- can I show you a quick little clip of one of our recent albums? Would you guys be up for that? Just, just a, like a little 60-second clip of Substance Variant is right here. Check it out. Come on, put those hands together. All right, all right, all right. We're good, we're good, we're good. I just, hey. I, I, I showed you that because some of you feel a little freaky weird like me. And you're like, hey, is there ever a place in the church for you and the expressions that you have? And the answer is yes. And I think about how God has designed each of you to do something so unique. And if you would just be fully alive to the call of God, as strange as that might sound, as incompatible with church, you might feel at times. I'm just telling you, God's got something more for you. And I, I think about the fact that, like we we've even toured it as far away as is London, and it's it's crazy what the Lord has done uh, with this. Just because we were willing to be bold with our expression of worship and. But yet there's a timing of the Lord, and that's what I want to do is I want to give you a quick little devo on the timing of the Lord. None of these things happened in the timeline that I wanted it. In fact, nothing happened the way I wanted it. But then when it did happen, it happened better than I would have expected, okay? And I I just, you know, a a few years ago, I wrote a book on God's timing called Broken Escalators, Ten Myths of Promotion and Happiness, and, and it's all about how and why God purposely will break Your timing and your agenda. To make sure that he's first. He wants to be first in everything. And of course, we're, just so you know, we're giving away free copies outside if you're, you're interested. But I, I, one of the, the little devo I wanted to give you today is, is, is the classic story of Joseph out of the Old Testament. You guys know it, Genesis 37 through 45. I'm not going to go into details, but we all know it's the perfect story of delays. It's the perfect story of a dreamer who has this idea of what his life is going to look like and then he has reality. And sometimes that reality is harsh, right? He was sold into slavery by his own brothers. He was thrown into prison. All of a sudden, God shows up, makes him the second most powerful man on earth. Check out what the Psalms teach about Joseph in the New Living Translation. I love this verse. Psalm 105:19 says this. Psalm 105-19. Now, if you read in your Bibles, you're gonna find this verse, like dozens of, of versions of this exact same verse, okay? But it says this, Psalm 105, 19, until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, the Lord tested his character. Until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, the Lord tested what? His character okay we can learn a couple things from this verse now there's literally dozens of Bible verses that say the same thing I just picked one of them because I like the story of Joseph but it, it, it implies a couple things number one it implies that God has a perfect timeline for his dreams for our lives until the time came it means God does have a timeline for our lives and and, and even more than that to, to fulfill Joseph's dreams dreams given to him by God there's some strange dreams that God has put in your heart and and guess what? He's got a timing for it. Okay, so that's the first thing we can learn. Second thing is, until the time comes, the Lord does what? Test our character. In other words, what, what, what do we do in the meantime? We focus on what? Our character. You see, now, does he test our character because he's mean? Is it because he's just, you know, stingy? No, the exact opposite is true. It's like he knows if we don't have the character, we'll ironically bow down and worship the very blessings He wants to trust us with. Does that make sense? And so, because a lot of us, we're praying for these things, and God's already up in heaven saying, I want to give you that, but I can't. You will literally wreck your life if I gave you that platform. You know what I'm saying? You prayed, oh, Lord, let me win the lottery. Well, the Lord's up in heaven saying, oh, my gosh, loved one, you would wreck your life if I gave you that. In other words, God's, like the Bible says, live a life worthy of the calling you've already received. Ephesians 4.1. You've already got a huge calling. God already wants to bless you in a million ways. The, the, the question is not does God want to bless you. The question is, is do you have the character to sustain the weight of God's blessing? And, and here's how you know. Here's how you know. The simplest little metric that I use for myself that I know if I'm in sync with God is this. Look at your prayers. Your prayers reveal your pathologies, or to put it another way, your prayers reveal your promotability. If you want to know if you're promotable, look at your prayers. Well, what, what, what are you looking for in your prayers? Well, if you're primarily praying for circumstantial things instead of character or more of God, chances are you're out of sync with God. Okay? In other words, if you're praying for, God, I need that job, I need that income, I need that cutie that's sitting in the road just like three rows back, you know what I'm saying? Some of you, you know the prayer you're praying. I'm saying, like, you, you, you're praying for circumstantial things. God, I need this thing in my life to be resolved the way I want it to, and then I'll be happy. Circumstantial things. We, if you're praying for circumstantial things more than you are praying for God... Chances are your heart is out of sync with God. Why? Because your soul finds rest in God alone, Psalm 62.1 says. If you actually believed that, what the Bible teaches, that your soul finds rest in God alone, what would you be praying for 99% of the time? More of God. Are you hearing me? Okay, so your prayers reveal your pathologies. That's why I always tell people I don't waste time praying for promotion. I pray for promotability, Okay, or let me put it this way. Don't pray for a perfect spouse. Pray for character worthy of a great spouse. You see the difference? Don't pray for finances. I never ask God for money. Pray for stewardship worthy of more finances. Okay, I I don't. I don't pray for platforms. I pray for uh, or opportunities. I pray for character worthy of more platforms or opportunities. Because nine out of ten times, the problem is not out there; it's right here. Right? And sometimes God will purposefully allow delays in our lives, in order to get some of that idolatry out of us. And let me just let me end with a, a, a story that is about my family. Uh, my wife and I have three kids. We got two girls, 22 and 20. Uh, I think we have a little picture that we can show you. Uh, so my my uh, two girls are in college right now. And then I have a 17-year-old boy here on the front row who's considering coming here, by the way. And uh, and so if you do like this place, let them know, okay? Let them know. But uh, so my... Daughter on the right, she actually tours with me in in DJ stuff. She's actually uh, doing a lot of worship stuff and music producing. My daughter on my left, her name is True, like True and False. We're into really creative names. Some of you are like shocker, right? But her name is True. Let me tell you a true story. Pardon the expression. Okay, so sorry, that was a dad joke. Da da. Okay, so okay. Over over the years, God has used my daughter True. Um, in some pretty crazy ways, for some prophetic miracles. Um, she's got this really, really strong prophetic gift on her life where she'll just, God will use her in very specific ways. So, for example, uh, when we were selling our house, our realtor, we were in kind of a bad neighborhood, and the realtor said, Hey, uh, it's gonna take about 159 days to sell your house in this neighborhood. That's the average time it takes to sell a house in your neighborhood. You need to understand that and be very patient. It's going to take a while to sell your house. Well, my daughter hears that she was nine years old at the time, and she goes, well, Dad, that's not true. I asked God when our house is going to sell, and he said exactly five days from today really true. Like what do you mean God told you? Well, I just I prayed. I was like, God, when is our house going to sell? I closed my eyes. I saw a meter and the meter went back and forth and then the meter said your dad is going to be depressed on Saturday and but happy on Sunday. So, 5 days from today. And I'm like, shut up. Like depressed? What do you mean your dad's gonna... Well, th- I'm just telling you what the Lord told me, dad. I was like, go play. You know what I'm saying? Like get out of here. Well, guess what? We did an open house on Saturday. Everyone ripped on the house. I can't believe you're asking this much for a house. And on Sunday, exactly five days after we put it on the market, we got our asking price. The house sold exactly as she said. How many of you are going to listen to your daughter just a little bit more, okay? I I was like, in my mind, I was scratching my head like, God, is it really possible that you were speaking through her, you know, a nine-year-old like that? I mean, that's so specific. Well, fast forward a few months. At the time, our church was doing, we were doing seven services in four locations, okay? So we were a uh, portable church. It took 600 volunteers just to do setup up and tear down at our different locations. So we were, doing, um, we, were, we were doing two services at Northwestern College at their auditorium like this. We were doing two at a high school, two at another high school, and then we had a 300-seat a TV studio just in Roseville, and we could not find property to save our lives. Every property we tried to buy fell through, and every city we went to to try to buy property, the city would bully us out using zoning discrimination. And of course, every time one of these properties fell through, it would cost me at least $50,000 and a year of time. And every time we lost a property, people left our church And it was a very depressing time for me. In fact, we had over 1,000 people had left our church over a a one-year window, two-year window. This is back in 2013. And um, I'm just depressed. I'm like, God, what's going on? What's going on? Well, in the middle of this dark season, my my daughter, True, came up to me. And she was about 10 years old at the time. And keep in mind, she's your age today, okay? So just, you know, give you perspective, right? So she was 10 years old at the time and she came up to me and she goes daddy i don't want you to be sad she could tell i was not having fun and it's really depressing when your own kids know you're depressed and i'm a pastor you know what i'm saying i was depressed right cuz the timing of the lord is not working out the way i expected it and she goes dad the lord spoke to me about a church building for us and i'm like and i'm like really and she goes it was just like our house and i was like really and she goes, yeah, I closed my eyes, and the Lord spoke to me. By this time next Thursday, you're going to find a building that substance is going to get. And I'm like, Thursday? Yeah, by this next week, Dad? Like, rejoice. You know, like it was like, <laughs> you know. And she goes, you're not going to get it right away, but you're going you're gonna to decide by this Thursday to go for it. And keep in mind, I have no real estate meetings planned. I, I have no way to, I mean, I couldn't have even fulfilled that prophecy if I wanted to. There's no, I mean, like, what am I going to do, just randomly find, and she goes, to be honest, oh, then she, it was very specific. She goes, you're going to find a building with a balcony. And I, there's no buildings with balconies that are, like, new. Like, like, I've been looking at the real estate market now for five years. Every time a commercial real estate uh, property becomes available, I know what it's available. And there's no property with a balcony. And, I'm, I, and, and so, Peter the skeptic just rose up, like, how in the world am I supposed to find a building with a balcony by this time next Thursday? It's, it's absurd, you know? But yet, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, God... You can do anything. You can do anything. Well, fast forward, the next four days passes, nothing happened. And so, Thursday, the day my daughter pointed out, it's two days away, nothing's happening. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call from one of our administrators saying, Peter, we totally forgot to tell you about a real estate meeting in downtown Minneapolis. Like, we're looking at a building, and I'm like, does it have a balcony? You know what I mean? Like, and I, I get off the phone, and my daughter, True, comes running up to me, and she goes, Daddy, you're looking at a building today, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. She heard me talking on the phone. She goes, Daddy, I, I'm telling you, okay, um, you're going to find a building with a balcony. It was Tuesday at this time. She goes, within the next two days. And she goes, she goes, oh, I forgot to tell you, the Lord said, you'll know this building is the one when you look up and say, Wow. And I'm like, okay, you know, most buildings you don't look up and you don't say, wow. Well, she said, you'll know. And I'm like, okay, true, go to school, you know, like, and two hours later, I'm in downtown Minneapolis, just six blocks away, looking at the historic Wesley building, one of the oldest buildings in the city. And I, I, all of a sudden, I walked into the auditorium and I looked up and there's a glass dome over the auditorium and the words came flying out of my mouth wow, right? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I just said, wow, I just said, wow, like you'll know this building is the one when you look up and say, wow. And so I started snapping all these pictures. I literally had Holy Ghost buzz going on. My daughter goes to school that day. She, she knew I was looking at a building. She decided to draw a picture of the building that God gave her in her vision as a 10 year old to help me know if this building is the one. And by the time I came home from 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 work that day. She she came running up to me after school with her drawing, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, is this the building that you looked at today? Because this is the building God showed me. And when I saw her picture, I freaked out because it was almost identical to the photo I took four hours earlier. Look at that. I took that photo four hours earlier. That's the picture she drew when she was at school. She had never seen it, never seen it before. And I... I I knew okay, God is doing a miracle here and I mean what are the odds that a ten year old could draw something that close, right? And of course, you know, I mean the building would have cost easily forty million to do from scratch, yet yeah, we got it for two million and, and now we're building a, a restaurant coffee shop in it. It's awesome. <laughs> And as if, as if, listen, as if that wasn't amazing enough, same year, God gave us another giant building, $20 million building for $2 million. In fact, this was literally a, a year later. This is the last picture I'll show you. Uh, both buildings, two huge buildings for a price that simply doesn't make sense. God just gave it to us. Literally, our, our assets jumped by $30 million in just a year. Out of nothing. It was like God just snapped his fingers and boom, until the time came. Suddenly, I remember Joseph going from the prison to the second most powerful man. God God has a timing, you guys. I shared this because I, I just had this sense there's a few of you, you're discouraged, and God wants to remind you he's still alive. He's still at work on your dreams, but it is critical you understand one thing. And if you get anything out of today, it's this. God has a much more important agenda than building your dreams. And you know what that is? Building you... And the character in you that can sustain the weight of God's dreams. At the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Or as it says in Psalm 105, until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, the Lord tested his character. Right now, I think some of you, you know, you're going through that testing. And it's okay. It's okay to feel awkward. It's okay to pray out prayers like, oh, what up? You know what I'm saying? At the same time, we say, we follow up that prayer. After you say, what up? Say, not my will, but yours be done. Okay? And that's what I want to end with. Just close your eyes. What's your dream? God's placed dreams in your heart. Some of you, you've, it just feels so big, so crazy. And maybe for you, it's like, it's like my music, right? It's a big dream. You you don't, you've got these dreams, but you're like, ah, what the heck, Lord? Just... Right now, this is what I want you to do. So I want you just to take it before the Lord. And as we just do this, just find a little altar moment here. I, I want you just to do business with God. Just let him, let, him, let him take you where he needs to go. Father, you see every heart, every dream. We lay it down. We surrender it to your will. We trust you that your perfect timing will be made manifest in our lives exactly when you want it done, we praise you. We thank you for your power moving us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.